finally here. Oh my goodness. Oh, there's a lot of food. I can hear you. Yep, mic works. It works. <laughs> How do piss off an audio engineer? Mic on? Hey, hey, hey. Check one. one Check one. Two, one, two. One, one, two. One, two, 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 two. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Beard fear. My name is Paige. <laughs> What's your name? Zach. <laughs> Zach the sound engineer. <clears throat> Our uh, topic is the uh, Long Island serial killer. Long Island serial killer. That's that's his theme song. Killed a lot of people. Just wants a date. <laughs> Killing a cat now. <laughs> Um, Tries to escape. Killing a cat now. <laughs> What's uh, fascinating about this uh, topic is that there isn't one person. It's not a confirmed case, um, which I didn't know until just I started. Assumption. Until I started my research. They're assuming that it's a serial killer. Yeah. Which I think is just a real cool way for detectives to be like, I don't want to find this separate killer. This is probably a serial killer. It's got to be the same guy because it's less paperwork. Yeah, that makes sense. No, you got it. Long Island serial killer. Yeah, how was your week? It's good. There was St. Patrick's Day that happened. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I wore green. And Uh, I am green. And of course, somebody, multiple somebody's made comments about the fact that my hair's green. Oh my God. Yeah. One of the parents was like, Is that for St. Patrick's Day? Miss Paige, you must have been waiting all year for this. I was like, Oh! So funny. <laughs> so, did you think of that yourself? <laughs> so humorous. <laughs> so humorous indeed. Yep. What a funny gentleman. Um, yeah, I didn't do anything. We didn't get to see the river. We were planning to see the river. Wasn't that the day before? No, it was like five days before. Like the weekend, right? Yeah, some random weekend, yeah, yeah. before St. Patrick's Day. I don't know why they didn't do it on the day. Because the day was a weekday? So? What, the river can't be dyed on the weekdays? No. The river's, the river's got to work on the week, weekdays. <laughs> can only have the free time and be the, colored. The river physically punches in. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining a big old watery hand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The old school ones. We didn't get to see it, though, so it was a little upsetting. How upsetting. Um, daylight savings time Thank happened. Thank goodness it'll happen next year. It will happen next year. Daylight savings time happened, and... Um, They're talking about getting rid of it. And, yeah, it's going to be permanent now, which is interesting. Um, oh, we I, I checked out a bunch of uh, wedding venues last How week. exciting. Yeah, we looked at a lot of places, and um, we have a lot to look at and research and talk about and figure out together. And, yeah. What about you? Say hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. 
Hello, Michael. Um, what did I do last week? Or is this two weeks ago? Oh, last we were week. supposed to record last week. Um, oh yeah. Well, yeah, last week, two weeks ago, yeah. Same thing. Um, I, uh, I saw my family at work. I wore green on St. Patrick's Day. What a wild life. I saw your dogs. Yeah, I saw my family. My dogs are my family. I'm one dogs. of those white people. Really miss your dogs. Yeah, they had such a special connection with you, meaning they didn't. I mean, they hated me. <laughs> they had no opinion of you. Uh, Mindy opened up to me after she stopped grinning eventually at me. <laughs> she was going to eat your fucking neck. <laughs> the submissive grins. And then Coco is just scared of everything. Yeah, she had chicken shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, man, that's it. That's my life. I'm boring. Aren't we all? Oh, I went out and got uh, drinks with my mom and my sisters. We went and got margaritas at a Mexican restaurant. It was delicious. I got uh, pizza with my dad and stepmom. At a Mexican restaurant? At a Mexican restaurant. And Ali. And Ali? The four of us. uh, The four of us. Four of us went to a pizza place. What was the pizza place? Oh, it's in Forest Park. I forget the name of it. Oh, okay. It was decent. It was good. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Um, Yeah, so our topic. Yep. You got anything? No. No? Okay, cool. Cool. Our beer Beer is called. Wait for it. Waiting. Lord of the Peach Rings. (laughs) It is from Little. I'm sorry, Lil. There's no Little. It's Lil Lil Beaver Brewery. I've heard of that brewery. Lil Beaver Brewery. Favorite kind of beavers. A little history. Years ago, there was a young, eager little beaver who enjoyed beer. However, he soon grew tired and bored with the commercial beer offerings in his neck of the woods. Oh, sure. Their false claims of more flavor or better taste that never quite met his expectations. After touring a local microbrewery and learning the process... The little beaver decided it was time to brew his own beer. If you're familiar with beavers, you know I'm very familiar with beavers. They are extremely dedicated to everything they do. They really are. So he became quickly obsessed with honing his skills as a home brewer. It wasn't long. This is long. It wasn't long (laughs) before he was crafting delicious beers of all different types and styles. Mm -hmm. When he approached his woodland creature friends about tasting his wonderful craft beers, he quickly realized several of them in the community in general were not all that familiar with craft beer. What? This is so much. (sighs) In order to help spread the knowledge, he decided to get involved with the only local beer festival in his town now called Brew Gala, which also serves as a fundraiser. Once the event organizers found out he was a home brewer, they asked him to handle all the beer-related responsibilities for the entire beer festival. The Little Beaver gladly accepted this challenge, and the event was a huge success. He was asked to, again, help out the following year, in addition to handling the very important beer duties for the festival. (laughs) Got it. He thought it would be fun to serve some of his own personal home brews. So that year, he set up a serving table and poured his handcrafted little beaver brr, beer, brr, brr, little beaver beers. Little beaver beers. Just for fun, he decided on a special tapping of his most coveted brew, a 13% ABV Imperial Stout, affectionately known as Big Hairy Beaver. 
The crowds loved it. The keg was emptied in minutes, and their responses were overwhelmingly positive. So everyone there loved his big hairy beaver. Yeah, man. (laughs) Due to popular demand, he decided to do it again the following year, but with more flavors and styles than before. A flavorful. I know. Is it just as big and hairy? I hope so. (laughs) Fans remembered these beavers, these beaver beers. There's too much bees. From the year before, many by name. And a large line immediately formed for samples. Wow. As the countdown approached for this year's special tapping of the Big Hairy Beaver, <laughs> he tapped his Big Hairy Beaver. Tap, you gotta tap it. The long line that had formed erupted into chants of, Tap that beaver! Tap that beaver! I don't believe it. It was at that moment he knew a local Fucking favorite right. had been created. I just, a whole crowd of people saying, <laughs> Tap whole thing that is beaver. A joke. This is a damn lie. Fast forward to 2016, and not only has Lil Beaver helped grow the Brugala event into the largest downstate beer festival in Illinois, he's also created quite the following of Lil Beaver lovers. Gotta love a Lil Beaver. There's so much in this About Me section. Uh, you gonna read it all? No. Okay. Christ, no. <laughs> it's, it's the guy story. who started is Chad Bevers. Chad. Not even Beaver. Chad Beavers? It's B-E-V-E-R-F. Bevers. I would say well, I would just say beavers. I would say beavers. Hmm. There's no a. That's fine. I don't think so. I'd say it different. Whatever. He's a Bloomington normal native. That's that's the guy. Began in 2017 in Bloomington. Hmm. You know. Oh, Bloomington. Yeah. Bloomington. Lord of the peach rings. Yeah, man. It's a milkshake IPA. Whoa. 6.5% ABV. Hazy sour milkshake IPA with tons of peach puree, peach rings, and milk sugar. It's brewed in collaboration with Crafted 1979 Bottle Shop in Mokina, Illinois. It doesn't have a score on beer advocate, so it's got nothing. Yeah, it's got nothing. Bummer. Average rating is 4.02, though. It's got eight ratings. Oh. So that's pretty good. 4.02, yeah. That's not terrible. I love milkshake IPAs, man. When was the last time we had a milkshake IPA? Uh, I can tell you. Oh, address, finally. Um, 5 Finance Drive, Bloomington, Illinois, 61704. That's Weird to have just one number in your address. One? <laughs> just five. Just five. Oh, just five. Five Finance. Uh, last milkshake IPA we had was Son of Shaky by oh, Maplewood. That's two hours away. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, normal. All right, I'll go get it. Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. Cracked my tenuckle. Oh, wow. Don't break them. <laughs> like you usually do. No promises. Oh, these are nice and cold because they've been in here for a week. They have. Sour India Pale Look, Ale. Look, milk sugar. <laughs> yeah. He's a little beaver dressed like Gandalf. <laughs> Holding the peach ring. Gandalf. Gandalf. Is he Gandalf? Is he uh, Gandalf the gray or Gandalf the white in this? He's Gandalf the brown. Gandalf the beaver. Gandalf the brown. <laughs> oh. There's a little date that says 2-14-22, and I hope that means that that's when it was packaged. <laughs> I think so. Watch out. I... It says support your local beaver. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. I always support my beaver. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is going to be explosive. Your diarrhea? When you open it. Get ready. That was wrong. 
Wow, you were painfully wrong. Whoa. I'm not hating that. Oh, that smells so good. It smells like... Oh, so peachy. Peach and orange, yeah. Oh, I love it, though. Mm -hmm. I love me some peach. That's all foamy. It's a lot of foam. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Ah, no, no, ah, no. Ah, ah, I'm just letting it go. Just ah, letting it go. That's fine. Can you get a paper towel, please? Let it go. Oh, God, it's erupting. Oh, God. What has happened? Actually, well, I gotta get up and wash my hands anyway. Okay. I can't get over the smell of this. I would wear this as a perfume. I like when you say that about beers. Oh, it smells so good, though. Can you smell this? Like, I could, yeah, I could smell it from Thank here. you. Oh. Oh. I know. Oh. Right? Oh, it's so carbonated. It smells really So good. pretty. It's insanely carbonated. That is a very carbonated beer. I take it back. They probably were ch uh, chanting tap that beaver. <laughs> so carbonated. So light. So foamy. Yeah, it's got a, you know, it's a six SRM. I don't know. I'm talking about out my ass. It's, it's light, but it's not too light. You're always talking about your ass. I am. Okay, we need to hurry this up. I really want to taste this. That was so unsatisfying. It's. Mm. I. Oh my God. I cannot. I am blown away right now. This is an IPA. This is a beer. I. I'm taking those home. <laughs> those are mine. What the hell? How do you get this much flavor right now? This is what it's I like, was looking for in all the other combination beers that we have had. What in the world? It's like it... Uh, like the apple cider one that we had. What, the berry white one. Just not even... Just, it didn't even hit my... It hit my lips and I could taste immediately, how... Immediately. Insanely flavorful this is. I'm going to have to come back to Little Beaver. Oh my they said gosh. tap that beaver. They 100% said tap that we're beaver. We're going to go to we're Bloomington. We're going to Bloomington. And we're tapping their beaver. We're going to tap whatever his fucking name is, Bevers. <laughs> we're going to tap him. Tap Bevers Beaver? Yeah, we're going right. to tap his beaver. Because this is, this is so fucking good. Holy shit. Why am I so good at picking beers? Oh my goodness. That is insane. I am, I'm just from for a fucking loop right now. I just love the smell so much and the taste. I'm just, I'm like eating a peach ring. I have goosebumps. It's overwhelmingly. I want to drink all this, but I have to drink another one later. Yeah, overwhelmingly sweet and fruit forward. Oh like this is God. the milkshakiest milkshake IPA. I just, I 100% feel like I am enjoying peach rings. Like, the flavor is there. Yeah. That never happens. And it's got a little bit of a sour bite, but nothing crazy. Hard, there's, I, I, hop is undetectable. It just, I'm, I don't even, like, d try this beer, please. Go out, whoever listens. <laughs> this Storm is, your local binnies. This is crazy. Get some beer. This is so good. Wow. 
It, it tastes like juice. Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, I put it at a three. I'm actually putting apple in my eye above this. Uh, no, this is a one. Perfect. This is a one. I am. I am so good at picking beers. God damn! Wow. Yeah, this, it is why, like juice. this is why you pick the beer first and the topic. That is good as fuck. Um, You're putting apple <clears throat> of your, up on my eye ahead of this? Really? Just because I think overall it's a better tasting beer overall for me. Oh, you me. just mean like there's like, it's like oh, this is definitely got like, beer. I, it's got good yeah, good scores yeah. in everything that yeah. I'm rating it for. This is over the top, just sweet, flavorful, and I love it. But I think I'll put apple in my eye just above I'm it. I'm just all about Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I have an idea. Since my section kind of talks a little bit, like I think it, I think we need your sh- section first to make my section make sense. So can we, can we do that this episode where you do your section, and then I'm going to do my section after? I didn't say what episode this was. You did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I didn't say the number. Oh, you didn't say the number. What episode is this? 75? 76. 76. Welcome to episode 76 of Beer and Fear. <laughs> We're halfway through. <laughs> uh, would you want to do it that way or you just want me to do it my section? Holy. Yeah, it feels weird to do that. 75 episodes and now we're doing flipping the script? Because my section talks about supposed uh, suspects of who this person might be. All I talk about is the victim. Oh. Um, also... Uh, in this episode, I have absolutely nothing prepared, so I'm reading just directly off of the Wikipedia article. Hmm. Um, so the Long Island serial killer. Do you want to do it the other way? Um, do you prefer it that way? No. How about I start and then, and then you go and then I'll add a little bit at the end. Can okay, do that? I guess whatever works. Long Island serial killer. He's also referred as uh, it's LISC, is for the acronym shortened. Or the Gilgo Beach Killer, and known as the Craigslist Ripper, multiple names, is an unidentified suspected serial killer who's believed to have murdered between 10 and 16 people over a period of nearly 20 years, and to have disposed of their dismembered bodies in areas on the south shore of Long Island, New York. Most of the victims were sex workers who advertised on Craigslist. The... um, Span of crimes, it was um, from 1996 up until 2010. Uh, And the victim's remains were actually found over a period of months between 2010 and 2011. Uh, After the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert resulted in a police search of the area along the Ocean Parkway near the remote beach towns of Gilgo and Oak Beach in Suffolk County. Suffolk County? Mm Mm-hmm. Gilbert's remains were found a year after the remains of the Gilgo 4 were discovered. Um, the Gilgo 4 has uh, four other victims found within a quarter of a mile of each of each other near Gilgo Beach on December 2010. Uh, Gilbert's remains, or Gilbert's cause of death remains contested, with police claiming accidental drowning while an independent autopsy determined possible strangulation. Um, on the Wikipedia article, if you look it up for the Long Island serial killer, there's a map that indicates locations of where the bodies were discovered. Um, a lot of the bodies were discovered very, very close to each other. Um, like when it started, um, uh, victims one, two, and three were all really close to each other. Then later on, victims seven and six were close to each other. So a lot of various groups of uh, discovered bodies. 
and I guess the the MO police investigations determined that the MO was similar, so they they compiled them together. Um, so again, the Long Island serial killer is an unidentified suspect. Um, there is uh, a section later I'm going to talk about that talks about possible suspects and someone who was actually. I don't know if they were charged for the murders or if they were just because this person was arrested on an unrelated crime. And then the police were also like, oh, you probably did these murders, too. Uh, um, so there's someone who's like who they think it might be, but it's never been proven. OK, uh, but there's a list of possible suspects. So um, the very first discovery of human remains was made um, by the side of Ocean Parkway in Oak Beach on December 11, 2010. Um, and that investigation, again, was prompted by the search of Shannon Gilbert, who was a sex worker who had disappeared in the area in May that year. So they discovered someone else's body. Um, Police discovered three additional bodies while searching the scene for further evidence. Um, then March 2011, they found another person. Um, May 9th, 2011, uh, I think they found someone else. Then in June, they announced a $25,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest in the Long Island murders. All of the murders remain unsolved. There's probably a good BuzzFeed Unsolved episode about this. Perhaps. Check that out. I miss watching that. Um, that's all I'm going to talk about initially, but later on I'll talk about possible suspects. But if you said you're going to go into the victims. See. Um, you mentioned the uh, Gilgo, Gigo, Galgo. Gilgo. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> the Gilgo Four. Uh, Marine Brainard Barnes uh, was of Norwich, Connecticut. She was 25 when she disappeared. 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 She disappeared. It's when you disappear when you're scared. <laughs> She was last seen on July 9th, 2007, saying that she planned to spend the day in New York City, and she was never seen again. Brainard Barnes, the mother of two, worked as a paid escort via Craigslist to pay the mortgage on her house. She had been out of the sex industry for seven months before she returned to work in order to pay her bills after receiving an eviction notice. Her body was found in December of 2010. Shortly after her disappearance, a friend of Brainard Barnes, Sarah Carnes, received a phone call from a man on an unfamiliar number. The man claimed that he had just seen her and that she was alive and staying at a whorehouse in Queens. He refused to identify himself and could not tell Carnes the location of the house. He told her he would call back and give her the address, but never called again. Like many of the victims... Brainard Barnes was very petite at 4 foot 11 and 105 pounds, and she had been strangled. Mm. Melissa Barth, uh, Bartholomew, 24, Bartholomew. Bartholomew, 24 of Erie County, New York, went missing on July 10th, 2009. She had been living in the Bronx in New York and working as an escort through Craigslist. On the night she went missing, she met with a client, deposited $900 in her bank account, and attempted to call an old boyfriend but did not get through. Beginning one week later and lasting for five weeks, her teenage sister, Amanda, received a series of vulgar, mocking, and insulting calls from a man who may have been the killer using her sister's cell phone. The caller asked if Amanda was a whore like her sister. The calls became increasingly disturbing and eventually culminated in the caller telling Amanda that her sister was dead and that he was going to watch her rot. Whoa. Police traced some of the calls to Madison Square Garden, Midtown Manhattan, and Massapequa. 
Massapequa, Mass A P E Q U A. Massapequa. I guess. But we're unable to determine who is making the calls. Bartholomew's mother noted that there were a lot of calls to Manorville from her daughter's phone around the time of her disappearance. In September of 2017, John Bitrolf, a carpenter from that town, convicted of two other murders, was named as a suspect in the Lisk case. Is. Mm-hmm. Bartholomew was 4 foot 10 and 95 pounds. She had also been strangled. These are very tiny women. Mm-hmm. You can bench these women. Megan Waterman was 22 of South Portland, Maine. She went missing on June 6, 2010, after placing advertisements on Craigslist as an escort. The previous day, she had told her 20-year-old boyfriend that she was going out and would call him later. At the time of her disappearance, she was staying at a motel in Halpig, New York, Hmm. 15 miles northeast of Gilgo Beach. Her body was recovered in December of 2010. Waterman was a mother of one and became had become a victim of sex trafficking. Waterman was five foot five and she had also been strangled. Amber Lynn Costello was twenty-seven of West Babylon, New York, a town ten miles north of Gilgo Beach. She was also a sex worker and heroin user who went missing on September second, two thousand and ten. That night she reportedly went to meet a stranger who had called her several times and offered her fifteen hundred for her services. Born in Charlotte and raised in Wilmington, North Carolina, Costello was living in West Babylon, New York, when she disappeared. Her family believed that she was in a residential drug rehabilitation center, and so she was not immediately reported missing when she stopped responding to messages and phone calls. Prior to moving to West Babylon, Costello had been living with her second husband in Clearwater, Florida, and was working as a waitress. A strong student, Costello's drug addiction began when she was a teenager. She had been sexually assaulted by a neighbor when she was six years old. She was four foot eleven, weighed approximately a hundred pounds, and had also been strangled. Hundred pounds. Could still bench that. Mm-hmm. Four more sets of remains were discovered on March 9th and April fourth of two thousand eleven. All of the remains were found in another area off the parkway near Ork, Ork, <laughs> Oak Beach. <laughs> Where's Ork Beach? <laughs> Ork Beach and Kilco Beach, within two miles and to the east of those found in December of two thousand and ten. The newly discovered victims were Jessica Taylor, Valerie Mack, an unidentified woman dubbed Jane Doe Number Three, or Peaches. Ooh. Ah. And an unidentified toddler who was the daughter of Peaches. Suffolk police subsequently expanded the search area up to the Nassau County border looking for more victims. Two further sets of remains were discovered on April 11, 2011, after the search expanded into Nassau County. They are found about one mile apart, approximately five miles west of those found in December. One set of remains belonged to a victim now thought to be a trans woman dubbed John Doe. Police said the victim had been dead for between five and ten years. The other remains were those of Jane Doe number 7, whose partial remains had been discovered on Fire Island in 96. They're going to say discovered on fire. I know. Jesus. You're just burning. Jessica Taylor was 20 years old and living in Manhattan when she went missing in July of 2003. On July 26, 2003, her naked and dismembered torso, missing its head and hands, was discovered 45 miles east of Gilgo Oof. Beach in Manorville, New York. These remains were identified by DNA anal- uh, the analysis later that year. 
Taylor's torso was found atop a pile of scrap wood at the end of a paved access road off Hasley Manor Road, just north of where it crosses the Long Island Expressway. Plastic sheeting was found underneath the torso, and a tattoo on her body had been mutilated with a sharp instrument. Further remains found on March 29, 2011 at Gilgo, including the remains of a skull, a pair of hands, and a forearm were matched to Taylor. She had worked in Washington, D.C. and Manhattan as a sex worker. Jesus. Isn't it crazy? I can't... Like... Killing someone, chopping up their limbs, and then leaving one limb over here on the side of the road and leaving another limb in the ditch over here. It's like, oh, fuck. And then having to, like, come across that, discover it. And this shit gets called in by people. You know? Like, imagine you're just walking around, you're just walking outside, and you just pass. 911, what's your emergency? I found a dead body. I found a torso. There's no head. No head. When I say torso, I mean torso. And the hands are gone, too. Do you think it's a mannequin? Nope. Nope. Nope, that's a body. <sighs> it's really weird looking at this map, because it's all along the same stretch of, of land, yeah. road. Yeah. And it's just driving up up and down this one road. Mac, Valerie Mac, also known as Melissa Taylor, was living in Philadelphia and working as an escort when she went missing in 2000. Like many of the victims, she was small in stature at approximately 5 feet and weighing approximately 100 pounds. Part of Mac's remains were discovered in Manorville on November 19, 2000, but were not identified until 2020. Her torso was found wrapped in garbage bags and dumped in the woods near the intersection of Halsey Manor Road and Mill Road, adjacent to a set of power lines and a nearby power line access road. A human head, right foot, and hands found on April 4th, 2011 were at first determined to have belonged to an unidentified victim, dubbed Jane Doe Number 6. It was later determined they belonged to the same woman whose torso had been found in 2000. Her right foot had been cut off high above the ankle, possibly to conceal an identifying mark or tattoo. On May 28th, 2020, police announced that the remains had been identified as Valerie Mack, who had last been seen by family members in the spring or summer of 2000 in the area of Port Republic, New Jersey. The dismembered remains of Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack were both disposed of in a similar manner in the same part of Manorville, suggesting a link. On September 20th, 2011, police released composite sketches of two of the unidentified victims, dubbed... Asian male and Jane Doe number six. There was a male. Yes, whose remains had been found in March and April of 2011, as well as photos of jewelry found on the remains of a female toddler and her mother, Jane Doe number three, found on April 4th and 11th, respectively. One of the sets of remains found in Nassau County on April 11th was later identified as the mother of the toddler. The John Doe, or Asian male, who had died from blunt force trauma, was also discovered on April 4th, 2011 at Gilgo Beach, very closely to where the first four sets of remains had been discovered in December of 2010. The victim was found wearing women's clothing and may have lived as a woman or dressed as a woman for the purpose of sex work. Mm. The unidentified males between 17 and 23 years of age, 5 foot 6 in height, missing four teeth, and may have had a musculoskeletal disorder, which would have affected their gait. They had been dead for between five and ten years. Wow. A uh, Jane Doe number seven, or Fire Island Jane Doe, 
A human skull and several teeth were recovered on April 11, 2011 at Tobey Beach. These remains were linked through the DNA testing to a set of severed legs found in a garbage bag on Fire Island 15 years earlier on April 20, 1996. Jane Doe No. 7's remains were the second set to be discovered in Nassau County on April 11, 2011. Jane Doe No. 7 had a surgical scar on her left leg. But Peaches also known as Girl with the Peach Tattoo, or uh. Jane Doe Number 3, was the unidentified female whose torso was discovered on June 28, 1997, in Lakeview, New York, near Hampstead Lake State Park. The cause of the woman's death is listed as homicide by decapitation. Mm. As of 2022, she still remains unidentified since her skull has yet to be found. The woman had a tattoo on her left breast depicting a heart-shaped peach with a bite taken out of it and two drops falling from its core, which resulted in her nickname. As of December 2016, additional skeletal remains found on Log Island in 2011 have been positively identified as belonging to peaches along with the remains of her child. Oh, God. She is aged to be between 16 and 30. Her body was found by a hiker in a wooded area of Hampstead Lake State Park. The head, both arms, and both legs below the knee were severed and have yet to be found. The torso was found on the west side of Lake Drive, about 200 yards north of Peninsula Boulevard, right by the McDonald Pond. She was found in a Rubbermaid container along with a red towel and a floral pillowcase. With no leads to the woman's identity, the police published a picture of the approximately two-inch wide tattoo in a national tattoo magazine in the hopes of finding the artist who did the work. They received a call from Steve Cullen, a tattoo artist in Connecticut, who claimed he remembered giving the tattoo to a woman. Cullen said he remembered the customer as a young black woman, about 18 or 19 years old, mm. who was accompanied by two women, an aunt and a cousin. During the session, he also claimed she told him she was from either the Bronx or Long Island and that she was in Connecticut because she was having trouble with her boyfriend at the time. It is possible the woman had other tattoos on her arms or lower legs that the killer did not want found. On December 13, 2016, Long Island Press reported that local authorities have positively identified skeletal remains found at Jones Beach State Park in 2011 as belonging to peaches. Remains of a child were also found in 2011 east of Cedar Beach with DNA testing identifying Jane Doe 3, or peaches, as its mother. Isn't that crazy? God damn. So that's why peaches. Yeah, that's why peaches. Literally it. That's my section. Buddy, I don't know if I'm going to make it to two episodes. Oh, you got this. Oh, do I'm I? looking on I'm Google Maps. Though. Yeah. At the area. Uh-huh. And it's, there's something chilling about it. Is it? Like looking at, like knowing that there were multiple bodies found on the side of this road. Did I watch a movie based off of that? There's a lot of uh, things I was looking um Plenty of documentaries and movies and Netflix things. Um, there's Lost Girls. It's a Netflix film released in 2020. The Long Island Serial Killer, uh, 2013. Oof. Independent feature directed by Joseph DiPietro. Uh, the Killing Season. It's an American TV series. And Most Dangerous Game, Season 1, Episode 2. Crime Junkie, Episode 21. Um, I think it's The Little Things. The Little Things. It's starring... What's his fucking name? Oh, my God. Famous actor. Oh. Famous actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. No. Denzel Washington. 
That's what his name is. Denzel Washington and Jared Leto. Little Things. It's not a very good movie. Oh. Los Angeles. <sighs> yeah, it doesn't look like a very good movie. Then, yeah, it Murders in Los Angeles. Interesting. Um, so, I'm going to talk about possible suspects since the convicted suspect, uh, the person who actually did all this shit, is still unidentified. You're unidentified. Um, sometimes I feel like that, you know? <laughs> I so, cannot drink more of this, but I want to. You said you can't? Why? Because I have to drive home. Oh, you got, yeah, you got one more beer. The media has speculated about a profile of the killer referred to as uh, police by Joe C. According to the New York Times, it is most likely a white male in his mid-20s to mid-40s who is very familiar with the south shore of Long Island and has access to burlap sacks, which he uses to hold the bodies for disposal. Doesn't everyone have access to a burlap sack? Can't anyone get a burlap sack? Can't you buy a burlap sack? He may have a detailed knowledge of law enforcement techniques and perhaps ties to law enforcement, which have thus far helped him avoid detection. I'm just imagining someone being like, where are your credentials to have that burlap sack, man? (laughs) Whoa, red flag. That's a burlap sack. Is that a burlap sack you got there? That's interesting. Is that a burlap sack? Newsday reporters speculated that serial killer Joel Rifkin... A former resident of Long Island may have been responsible for some of the older remains found in March and April 2011. Four of the victims' complete bodies were never found. In an April 2011 prison interview with Newsday, Rifkin denied having anything to do with the recently discovered remains. Uh, So Joel Rifkin, he was born in 1959. He's an American serial killer who was sentenced to 203 years in prison for the murders of nine women between 89 and 93. So they thought it was this guy. They were like, yo, did you have anything to do with these? He's like, nah, fam. He said, nah, fam? Yeah. Is that what he said? Is it's that a, it's in quotes here. It says, nah, fam. Can I get some proof of that, please? Yeah. Can I sound check? Yeah. It's, uh, there's a citation here. Nah, fam. Nah, fam. Uh, another, uh, one, one of the primary suspects um, is John Bitrolf. Bitrolf? That son of a bitch. On September 12, 2017, Suffolk County Prosecutor Robert Biancavia said that John Bitrolf, a Suffolk County resident convicted of murdering two sex workers and suspected in the murder of a third, was a suspect in at least one of the Lisk murders. Biancavia stated that Bitrolf was likely responsible for the deaths of other women and that there were similarities between the Gilgo Beach crime scenes and Bitrolf's known murders, for which he was convicted in May 2017 and sentenced in December. Bitrolf was arrested in 2014 after his DNA was found on two murdered women, Rita Tangretti and Colleen McNamee, whose bodies were found in 93 and 94, respectively. Uh, Bitrolf was convicted in May 2017 of these murders and in September sentenced to consecutive terms of 25 years for each murder. The Suffolk County Police did not comment on the prosecutor's statement due to the active homicide investigation of the Lisk murders. Bitrolf's attorney rejected the prosecutor's assertion. Bitrolf lived in Manorville, three miles from where the torsos of Lisk victims Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack were recovered. Bitrolf was a hunter who was said to enjoy the killing of animals. He was a carpenter by trade, a kind of job that requires tools such as hacksaws and electric saws, an important consideration given that multiple corpses were found precisely dismembered. 
the grown daughter of Rita Tangretti, I think, was, uh, who was actually, no, it was not one of the Lisk murders, but it was one of the people murdered by Bitrolf. The daughter was also the best friend of Melissa Barth- Bartholomew, who was one of the Gilgo Beach victims. Oh, uh, yeah. So they were best friends. Bartholomew's mother said that her daughter, Melissa, had a lot of calls to Manorville from her phone before her death. Another suspect, Joseph Brewer. He's an Oak Beach resident. Uh, was an Oak Beach resident, was one of the last people known to have seen Shannon Gilbert alive. He hired her as an escort from Craigslist on the night of her disappearance. Brewer said that shortly after Gilbert arrived at his residence, she began acting erratically and fled his home. I'll show you erratically. Watch out. Gilbert was reportedly seen running through Oak Beach, pounding on the doors of homes in Brewer's neighborhood. Around this time, Gilbert called 911, saying that they were trying to kill her. Police, however, did not find any evidence of wrongdoing, and Brewer was quickly cleared as a suspect. Whenever I see things like these 911 calls, I'd really want to, like, I want to, like, send them a request to get that. Remember, like, we did for Slenderman? Yeah. I want to, something, something about me wants to do that. Just to listen to these, that'd be even more chilling, you know? Oof. Oof. Make me do a woof. You said a woof? James Burke. Another suspect, former Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke, was reported to have blocked an FBI probe of the Lisk case during his time as police chief. In November 2016, Burke was sentenced to 46 months in federal prison for assault and conspiracy. Burke violently assaulted a man in custody who had stolen a duffel bag from his police vehicle. The duffel bag contained sex toys, a pornographic DVD, and Viagra. That's what I keep in my go bag. Burke pleaded guilty in February 2016 to charges of a civil rights violation and conspiracy to obstruct justice. Thomas Spada, the then district attorney in Suffolk County, was convicted in December 2019 of conspiracy to cover up Burke's violent assault. In December 2016, an attorney for Shannon Gilbert's family reported that an escort had stated that she suspected that Burke might be connected to the Lisk cases. The escort, who identified herself as Leanne, stated that at one party she had attended in April 2011 in Oak Beach, she had seen Burke drag a woman of Asian appearance by the hair to the ground. Of Asian appearance. Yeah. Uh, Another suspect, Peter Hackett. Two days after Gilbert's disappearance, Peter Hackett, an Oak Beach resident and neighbor of Joseph Brewer, found Shannon Gilbert's mother, Mary Gilbert. She later recounted that he said he was taking care of Gilbert and that he ran a home for wayward girls. Three days later, he called Mary Gilbert again, denying that he had any contact with her daughter and that he had called Mary Gilbert. That's weird. Interesting. That's really weird. Investigators later confirmed through phone records that Hackett had indeed called Mary twice following her daughter's disappearance. The marshy area where Gerbert's remains were found was near Hackett's backyard. Gerbert's. Gerbert's. And her personal items and clothing were found directly behind his property in the marsh. Gilbert's family filed a wrongful death suit against Hackett in November 2012, claiming that he took Gilbert into his home that morning and administered drugs to her, facilitating her death. The lawsuit was dismissed because it could not be proven that Hackett had administered drugs or treatment to Gilbert. Later, police revealed that Hackett had a history of inserting himself into or exaggerating his role in certain major events. Police later ruled out Hackett as a suspect in the deaths of Gilbert and the Lisk victims. He left Oak Beach and moved to Florida with his family not long after 
Gilbert's disappearance. And lastly, James Bissett. Two days after Shannon Gilbert's remains were found, businessman James Bissett took his own life while in his car at Mattituck Park. One of Bissett's businesses was a plant nursery, which was the main supplier of burlap in the region. Interesting. Huh. Many That's of the a victims, lot of access to burlap yeah, sacks. Yeah, because many of the victims' bodies were wrapped in burlap. So this guy, Suspicious. this guy killed himself two days later, and uh, he's around a lot of burlap. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. I sus. find that highly suspect. Pretty sus. That is sus. You are correct. Sussy boy. Is that your section? What do you think, listeners? Who do you think is the real killer? Text your answer now to 1-800-BEER-AND-FEAR. Star 69. Star 69, Beer and Fear. Is it A, that guy? B, another guy? It could be C. Or Zach. Could be. C is Zach. Could be me. Star 69C for Zach. Um, so the bodies were discovered in like 2010, 2011. Yes. The murders took place in like the 90s. I had to be. Yeah. Yeah, I had to be five. I was five year old, five years old running around Long Island killing people. Yeah. Dismembering bodies. Yeah. I got an alibi. I was five. Interesting. That's it. Doesn't check out. What do you think of the beer? Woo! Ah! Why'd you do that? Answered your question. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. It's peachy. It's, it's very fruity. very flavorful. Please don't spill it. It's, um... Please stop. It's just extremely... <laughs> extremely sugary, fruity, lactose milkshake IPA with hardly any bitter notes and hops. And 6.5, baby. Yeah. It's mm. just so tasty. I will say, though, that it is very sweet. I feel like it should be in smaller cans. Incredibly sweet. Yeah. No, you're drinking one of these. And then you're done. It's like, it tastes like eight tablespoons of sugar in a, a in a can. Yeah. Which is why I put apple in my eye a little bit higher. I love that <laughs> beer. I got another four pack in the pantry. Makes sense. Yeah. Careful, it might explode. Hmm. You're right. Beerandfearcast.com. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I was going to say Google Podcasts. We're having some issues. That's not where that goes. Uh, Google Podcasts. Yeah, I've seen the emails. some issues. And um, uh, there's Spotify. Everyone uses Spotify. Just spoofy. listen on Spotify. Listen on Spoofy. Beer and Fear. Beer ampersand fear. Beer ampersand fear. Beer and Fear I'm Cast. So dot com. That was episode 76 on the Long Island Serial Killer. Whew.